Jose, I say, Jose, it's time to wake up. Oh, buenos dias, senorita. My siestas are getting shorter and shorter. Hey, Michael, mi amigo, pay attention, it's Joe time. So it is. Pierre, you rascal, you. Let's put on the show. Mon ami, I am always ready, as you say, to put on the show. Oh, pardon, madame. That whistle was for my good friend, Fritz. Ach, to lieber, I almost fell out of my upper perch. We better start the show rolling. Wait, wait. We forgot to wake up the glee club. Welcome to another edition of Dave's Disney View Podcast. To paraphrase what Sam the American Eagle would say, it's a salute to all things Walt Disney, but mostly Walt Disney World. A former cast member, a longtime lover of the parks, and an engineer who enjoys the magic and wonder of it all, Dave brings you his unique perspective about the Walt Disney World Resort. Now please remain quietly seated throughout our tour, and we ask that there be no eating, drinking, smoking, or flash photography. Our podcasters are frightfully sensitive to bright lights. So put on your virtual mouse ears, sit back, and relax, and enjoy the podcast. Please stand clear of the podcaster. Por favor, mantenganse alejado del David. Hey everyone, it's Dave again. How is everybody doing? Well, I've got another podcast for you that kind of goes off the beaten path a little bit and takes a slightly different direction, but as you'll see, it's completely Disney-related. It's, it's something a little unusual. So I became a fan of Weird Al back in the early 1980s. It was just, uh, I liked his humor, I liked the way he approached things, I liked the way he kind of took songs and twisted them to make them amusing. And they were typically, you know, kind of fun songs anyway. They had a certain beat to them and a certain rhythm, but he'd just make them more fun. Uh, he started actually by doing something with uh, Michael Jackson and actually talking Michael into letting him use a couple of his songs to alter them and make them kind of fun. And Michael actually thought it was a pretty cool idea and really kind of enjoyed it as I understand it. So that, that makes it kind of fun. Now, how does this relate back to Disney? Well, you know, as I became a fan, I started, you know, kind of following his career and became a member of the fan club and the whole thing. Hey, you know, that's, that's what you do when you're a geek, right? So I, I did that, and, uh, you know, I was kind of following. And as luck would have it, when we did Grad Night in 1984, yes, I'm that old, uh, we actually uh, had an opportunity to go to Disney World after uh, the park closed and be there for the entire night. It's something they do for Florida, uh, Florida high school students, typically, uh, where they offer the opportunity to come up and spend the night in the park, basically. So on a uh, Friday or Saturday night at certain times during the April, May, early June time frame, they'll have uh, a number of high school students come and uh, fill up the park. And it's, you know, they give you a low-cost ticket and you come in and you, you show up about 7 o'clock, I want to say, something like that. Uh, they feed you a little dinner and then you're free to roam the park. Now, a couple of rules they have. You have to behave. You have to dress nicely. So you have to wear a jacket and shoes at all times. Uh, and a tie, I think, uh, was one of the things for men. And uh, you go around and you have some fun. And I did this, and I did it with some friends, and we were a bunch of guys, and we were going to go out and have a guy's day, and there was, I think there was five of us in the group, and it turns out we ran into a group of girls that uh, all of, you know, we all knew, and some of these guys really liked, and uh, there were four girls in the group. So as you might guess, the, uh, the thing that happened was that the four guys went off with the four girls, and that left Dave by himself to uh, kind of enjoy the park and have his first solo experience in the park. 
And I do want to do a podcast all about solo experiences. I think, you know, that's uh, that's kind of an interesting little side note and something that until you do it once, you really don't have the experience of what it's like. But it gave me a true perspective of what being a solo person in Disney World was really like, in spite of the fact that I was a little annoyed with my friends for leaving me like that because it was supposed to be a guy's day. But whatever. You know, that's fine. So we went off and we, uh, we, we were, uh, they went off and did some, had some fun on their own. And it turns out that playing at Grad Night were a couple of uh, popular bands. Uh, I think, you know, there was a, there was a couple of bands that were, uh, that were popular at the time and they were playing in the park. But there was one guy who caught my attention, Weird Al. He was playing over at the uh, Tomorrowland uh, Theater and uh, he had three shows during the night. We were there from seven to one o'clock in the morning and I think he did three sets and they were about 25 minutes each. And I went over and I saw all three of them. And being a fan, this was just fun because it was probably, oh, I don't know, not more than a couple of hundred people that were in there to see Weird Al. Most of the other people had gone off to see these other quote-unquote big-name bands, and uh, they were packing them in pretty good. Now, they don't put that many people in the park. It's, you know, it's all high school students, and they, you know, they're going to enjoy the park, and they're going to have fun. And, you know, like in my friends' cases, they were trying to chase girls. And, you know, just everybody's having a good time. And so... I went over to see Weird Al, and there were only a couple of hundred people there. And it was just a phenomenal experience. He came up with some new songs, he sang some of his classics, uh, and he just, he really was entertaining. And I had, overall, I think it was just a great night. It may not have been my greatest night, but it was a lot of fun. So here I was, I was solo in the park for the first time. I'm watching Weird Al, who I really liked anyway. And it was just so much fun. I I really enjoyed it. And uh, I came out of there going, wow, you know, I'm more of a Weird Al fan than I ever thought I was. Because I listened to him go on and on, you know, and just sing these songs and just have so much fun. So it was a, that was kind of my first experience with uh, the crossover between Weird Al and uh, Walt Disney World. So we were there in the Magic Kingdom and just having some fun. And uh, I caught up with my friends later and I told them I saw Weird Al. And they're like, yeah, that's nice. We made out with some girls. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. You know, not that I didn't want to do that or anything. Just that, you know, they kind of left me high and dry. So I kind of had to do what I had to do. So uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience, you know, so... Uh, seeing Weird Al was kind of fun, and, you know, he really, uh, he did a couple of Disney kind of comments there along the way, you know, where he'd kind of, kind of work it into a song that was unexpected, and it was kind of fun, and uh, I kind of grew in my respect for, uh, for Weird Al in that sense. So, you know, flash forward a few years, and I'm actually working as a cast member. So you just come out with uh, Off the Deep End, and I was listening to it fairly regularly, and I had a, um, had a, I think it would, would have been a tape at the time because it was like 1992, so I didn't ha- I might have had a portable CD player, I can't remember. But anyway, I was listening to it uh, frequently, and uh, it was really funny because as I'd drive into, the, as I'd ride into the park, I'd be listening to it uh, on my on my stereo, and then often I'd have my um, my like Walkman with me, and I'd go in and I'd be listening to some of his songs as I'd go around the, uh, be riding the bus into the back entrance, and um, it was really kind of funny because it was one song on there. It was his, uh, it was his song. Uh, Taco Grande, and uh, in the song he uh, he he's you know he talks about uh, Chile, Colorado, and you know he, he talks about some different things. And um, there was a there was this one sign up for a construction spot in the backside of the uh, behind the parks that actually had a couple of words from his song in there, totally unintentionally. It just happened to be that those words were in there. And every time I'd pass by it, the song would would pop into my head, and I'd be seeing it. So I had this this like funny connection, and I still think about it today. Um, as I'm writing, as I'm thinking about taking that bus around from the cast member entrance, uh, cast member parking to the cast member entrance. So in the song, there's a line, there's a, there's just a simple line where he talks about Pico de Gallo. Real simple, right? And uh, there was a construction site behind the uh, uh, Magic Kingdom where they had a, a sign 
uh, that said uh, Pico on it. And it was Pico Engineering or something like that. And every time I would pass it, I would say, I would think Pico de Gallo, Pico de Gallo, because I was listening to the song and it was just kind of funny. And I still think about it to this day that it said uh, that it said Pico on there. And there was somewhere else a little bit further down in the sign. They were from Colorado and he talks about Chile, Colorado. So the whole thing kind of fit in for me that there was this kind of amusing moment that I was kind of having this weird owl connection with a sign that was behind the Magic Kingdom. And still when I think back to it, that song pops into my head as I'm thinking about riding around on the bus between the cast member entrance and the, uh, uh, and the parking lot. And it's just kind of funny how I have that connection in my head, uh, just because I was listening to Weird Al all the time. Now that one's a little more esoteric and very subtle. There's a stronger connection because Weird Al uh, was invited several times to play over at uh, the uh, Pleasure Island. Uh, they had the West End stage there, and they used to bring out acts to, to come out. Now they weren't never they were never really well advertised. It was always kind of a you know a little well kept secret unless you happen to know about it. You'd uh, you wouldn't know who was playing there. So I got out there one time, and uh, Weird Al was there. I heard he was coming, so I went to see him, and it was just an amazing show. It was it was more amazing than I think I could have ever imagined it would be. He did probably about an hour and a half on the stage. He sang pretty much all his songs, and it was just this giant sing-along. In this case, there were probably, I don't know, 1,000, 1,200 people maybe in that area, and it was a giant sing-along. Everybody was kind of going along with the song, and the guy would come out, and he'd put on different costumes and uh, change along the way and do different things, and he'd, uh, he'd you know, for every song, he had something different that he did, and whether it was a costume or whether it was, you know, an instrument he was playing or whatever. And he totally interacted with the crowd, and it was just a phenomenal experience. It was so much fun. And at one point, he got to a song that was on his album, and he was he was singing the song, and it was a, you know, it was like one of these uh, ballads. And he gets to one point in the song, he goes, "Okay, guys, I don't know all the words, so you singing along isn't helping me any because I'm going to forget the words." And it was just it was just really funny because you knew he was joking, but yet he said it in such a way that you weren't sure. And so he went on for that hour and a half, and it was just it was just a, a fun, fun time to stand out there and listen to Weird Al sing at Pleasure Island. I mean, it kind of, you know, it's one of the more fun, like I said, I had a great time at Pleasure Island, don't get me wrong, but that was one of the more fun evenings I had because I was a fan, and I had heard he was coming, and I made a point of being there, and it was just a great, great show. And I remember talking to him for a couple of minutes after the show because he made himself available. You know, that was the thing about those West End shows. You could go over and usually you could talk to the acts and talk to the, the performers because they'd stand there and talk to you for a minute. There weren't that many people there and they would take the time to interact with their fans. So I remember standing there talking to him for a minute and I just thought it was great. You know, here I am talking to Weird Al, an interesting guy um, with a really clever wit about him. And he'd written so many songs that really kind of uh, really run the gamut from, you know, anything. Uh, you know, doing Flintstones parodies to uh, James Brown parodies to you know, different things that just were really amusing. And it, the show was so interactive and so creative. I don't think I've really seen many shows that were that creative. So for me, Weird Al always kind of fits into Disney in a strange sort of a way, just because of my own personal interactions um, in seeing him perform a couple of times around the parks. Now comes word that he's actually written a song about a Jungle Cruise skipper. Now, Weird Al never had any true connections to Disney. He's always just been a fan, just like you or me. Loves the parks, loves to get there as often as he can, and, you know, saw the opportunities when they'd offer him a chance to come and perform. You know, it's a free entrance into the park kind of deal. You know, it's a quid pro quo kind of thing. You get paid a little bit and you get to come to the parks. So he always took advantage of that. Um, and he was always a fan and really just enjoyed kind of coming and really taking it all in. But he never really thought about writing a song specifically about Disney World until one day he was on the on the uh, Jungle Cruise, as the story goes, and he heard the uh, skipper uh 
doing this doing the spiel and he realized you know just how funny it is that this guy is repeating the same story over and over and over again you know however many times during the course of a day and he actually wrote a song about it and he's made the song publicly available and i want to play it for you now because i just think it's great i'm a tour guide on the jungle cruise ride skipper dan is the name and i'm doing 34 shows every day every time it's the same Isn't that, isn't that funny? I just think it's phenomenal. It's so much fun. He talks about being a skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Now, of course, the song is copyright Weird Al and uh, his recording studio. When he first put it out, it was sort of a teaser, and he made it available to anyone. Uh, so I downloaded a copy of it, and I'm including it here in this podcast. But please, do check out his works. Uh, get his CDs. Uh, check out his music. And uh, if you ever get a chance, you should see him on tour. He's great. For me, the memory lingers on of having seen him at grad night and being there and kind of watching him and you know, just seeing how amusing he was and how creative he was and the things that he would come up with, sometimes on the fly and sometimes it was pretty well uh, scripted out. But it was just really an amazing uh, performance he did. And then seeing him back at Pleasure Island, that was just, you know, incredible. He was just that that good. Um, and if you've never heard his music, I, you know, if you like that kind of, you know, comedy parody kind of thing, it's it's pretty good. He's musically talented and he's got some very clever ideas and the fact that he learned to play the accordion first, I think, is pretty funny. I think that just that's one of the things that amuses me the most about him, that uh, you know he was a, an accordion player first who kind of took it to a new level, and uh, you know he's just had some very creative ideas over the years, and uh, you know kind of misunderstood to some degree, but um, for me, he'll always have a place because of uh, his music and you know kind of the way he the way things worked for him, and he gave me some fun that night when I was having grad night. And my friends had left me, and that was uh, that was a pretty fun night, just kind of sitting there and uh, listening to the show. Now, as far as the Jungle Cruise itself goes, uh, I wanted to just point out to you that the Jungle Cruise has a, does have a very heavily scripted uh, part to it. So when you're going around with the tour guides, you should have the exact same script no matter who you're there with. And it's been pretty much the same for the last 50 years because Disneyland had it first. At various times, they've allowed, it a, allowed a few modifications to the script, but de generally speaking, there aren't any modifications uh, allowed to it, and all of the cast members have to follow the script. Now, once in a while, uh, Disney will send a plainclothes person onto the attraction to uh, follow along with several of the cast members just kind of randomly going on some of the boats to hear the script and make sure that that cast member is uh, following the script. If they're not, they'll get a reprimand telling them that they need to follow the script. And once in a while, they'll allow for a small improvement to the script, and uh, you know, it's one of those things that, that kind of happens along the way. You'll, you'll hear some little variations. Sometimes they're added in permanently. Sometimes it's a temporary thing. And for a while there, they were letting the leads make the call and the supervisors on whether they would add something new to the script. But more recently, they've gone back to the traditional don't change the script, leave it exactly as it is. And what I found interesting was I remember when one of the guys transferred out of the Emporium to move over to the uh, Jungle Cruise, you know, how they gave him this book of the script and it was, and what they did was they tested him on it. They'd ask him various questions. They'd say, okay, you're here. What, what script do you say? And he would just go through it and have to repeat the script off the top of his head. And they'd say, okay, you're here, what do you do? And that was the way he kind of had to learn it before he officially transferred into the group. It was kind of interesting to, uh, to talk to him about it.
you know, of course, those of us who have been on it many times know all the jokes and all the gags. Uh, but it's interesting to hear somebody who was just moving into it trying to get all the scripting and the timing right on all this stuff. Now, what I thought was kind of funny was this guy was from, um, I want to say, the Czech Republic. And so his accent was kind of funny, and it made the things sound just a little bit funnier. Not that his accent is funnier. I'm trying to make fun of anybody with an accent. Please don't take it that way. But just the way he, he put the emphasis on different syllables made, the, made it actually sound funnier than it actually was. It was just kind of amusing the way he'd, uh, he'd put emphasis on things. It was, it was pretty good. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to say was uh, there have been a lot of people who have come through and actually uh, worked on the Jungle Cruise. One of them is a prominent name. He was uh, White, uh, Nixon's uh, White House press, press secretary during Nixon's uh, presidency, and uh, he actually was um, he actually was on the Jungle Cruise for a couple of years uh, when he was out of high school, and uh, so it, kind of interesting. You know, sometimes there's a little history there. There have been other people too, but he's the one I can think of right off the top of my head. Uh, but it's it's kind of interesting how these things work, and you know, you get these guys and. You realize that you know this is this is actually a job that a lot of people have held in their lives, and it's really not all that. I mean, Weird Al makes fun of it, but it's it's kind of funny. Now there is one other tradition that uh, people who work on the Jungle Cruise have, and that is when it's your last day on the job, when you bring in the last boat of the day for your last day, you're supposed to dive off the dock and swim. <laughs> That's the way it works. And you'll every once in a while you'll hear about somebody having done that. And if you happen to be there on the day when it's a closing uh, closing time, or someone's just finishing their shift. And it's their last day. You might actually see them dive into the water and start to swim. And it's kind of funny if you do happen to see it. So there you go. So that is my show for this week. I know it's a little unusual. Off the beaten path. I hope you enjoyed it. It's sort of my connection to Weird Al and Weird Al's connection to the Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World. Uh, it kind of fits together in my mind and just wanted to share that with you. Hope you have a great time and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye now. Most of the music you're hearing on this podcast is from a friend of the show named Craig Brown. Craig does a number of things in the techno space. You can find Craig's music on myspace.com slash sound A as an apple. And my thanks also to Doug over at geekacres.net for his rendition of a Jack Wagner classic. And now we've reached our destination in the 21st century. Yes, I know, it went by so fast. But don't worry, because the future is always in front of us. Thanks for riding with us. Please collect your personal belongings and step onto the moving platform. The platform and your car are moving at equal yet opposite speeds, so watch your head and step. If you have questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, or would just like to ask Dave a question about Disney planning or anything else, send him an email to davesdisneyview at gmail.com. And now I gotta be moving along. He's looking for a little more adventure I'm heading for a little bit of fun now He's hoping for a little more excitement Time to be moving along It's time to be moving along Time to be moving along